Welcome to My Child's Healthy Life. This series has been created for parents, grandparents, school teachers, children or anyone involved in the raising of our kids. It is an investigation of hidden secrets, stories and research. The question to be addressed throughout will be, how do we raise a physically healthy child in a world that is so different from the one we grew up in? This past series is the work of Shane Stubbs, a health and physical education teacher in Australian schools since 1988. Shane has taught over 25,000 lessons to his students. So every school-aged child has a health destiny, and right now that health destiny is not looking so hot. And this will impact everything they do in life. My subject of health and physical education is the most important by a long way. Listen to this. You can mostly be incompetent at, incompetent at maths, for example, but you can be okay in life if you're mostly incompetent at maths. It's not the best outcome you want, but you can be. But to be mostly incompetent in your health destiny, you'll not be okay. And here's why. Today, when we look at 49 major countries, physical activity of children reports, so activehealthykids.org, this global organization of professors, experts from around the world, we see this. Australia scores a D minus for physical activity of school-aged children. New Zealand a D minus, USA a D minus, Canada a D minus, England a C minus, Scotland an F, Wales a D, South Africa a C minus. If you are a parent or a health and physical education teacher in schools, where do you hear or actually participate in person or online with education programs which actually change the grades we talked about above and also raise the personal physical health status of school-aged children, especially your own child or the children you teach. The aim as an educator is to teach to something we call strengths and help students and schools to see the good things they are doing and build on them. My vision takes a different perspective and I think we are out of time. Let me explain what I mean. Each student I teach, my own child and your child, have a physical health destiny. That destiny right now is falling off a cliff and being smashed against the rocks. Our school-aged children, quite simply, are reaching the end of 12 years of education and schooling, and global research, research shows the bulk, the mass quantity of kids are not engaged in physical activity and have no earthly idea about the impact this is about to have on their adult life and their personal physical health outcomes. Here are three examples. Number one, I interviewed in 2016 one of my 10th graders that I was teaching, a girl. And at the time, she was, and probably still is, one of the smartest students I've ever taught. So, I was having this conversation with her. She was the ducks of her year, and she was delightfully feisty. And she was great to work with, always asking questions and, and not taking what I said for granted. She thought about everything and she challenged me. She loved doing it and I loved being on my toes. Right at the end of her 10th grade, I had a private chat with her in class and I asked her this question. If I was to ask you how to make sure you are physically healthy between now and your late adult years, 
using physical activity and excluding food choices where you, tr where you try to avoid all the major lifestyle diseases like obesity, the things that lay ahead, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, the big ones, heart attack and stroke, something called end-stage organ failure, type 2 diabetes. I asked her, can you tell me the exact steps you would put in place using physical activity to dramatically lower your risk? This is after 10 years of education for her. Her answer, after thinking about it for a bit, like she always does, did, I have absolutely no idea what the steps would be. Okay, here's my example number two about people and the way that they think and learn about their health destiny. In late 2019, I was lucky enough to spend two hours with and interview the CEO of a $1.6 billion company called Bega Cheese. There is a real town in New South Wales, a state in Australia, called Bega. So if you're listening to this outside of Australia, go and search it. It has about 4,000 people and is dairy country. Out of this small town has come a corporate giant which sells its cheese and dairy products to over 50 countries now. Their CEO, a man called Barry Irvin, is the person responsible for driving the success of Bega Cheese since the year 2000. Barry grew up in the Bega Valley on a dairy farm about 40 kilometers or 25 miles away from the town of Bega. We spoke about a lot of things over two hours that I spent with him, but it was a part of our conversation that got around to discussing his cancer, that he has bowel cancer, which had been diagnosed just six months before our meeting, and the extreme chemotherapy that he was in the middle of at the time that I spoke to him. I was fascinated by his answer to the almost the same question that I'd asked my 10th grade student. This is what I said to Barry along the lines, you'll hear in just a moment. If I was to ask you, how do you make sure you are physically healthy between now and your late adult years using physical activity and excluding food choices, where you try to avoid all those major lifestyle diseases, can you tell me the exact steps using physical activity you would put in place to dramatically lower your risk. Okay, rather than just take my word for this, why don't we have a short listen to the way that I phrased the actual question with Barry, it was much shorter, and his answer. His answer tells you what people do not understand about their health destiny. Just before we launch into this short part of the interview that I had with Barry, there's a lot of cafe, cafe noise in the background, and that's okay. You'll get the gist of what we're talking about. Probably adds a little bit of atmosphere. So listen in to myself and Barry Irvin. Prior to getting those four days that changed your life, yeah. um, what would you say, if I ask this question, this is my question, did you have specific knowledge about how to be physically healthy? No. No, I had, well, no, I was I was probably the uh, whatever whatever I knew, um, whatever I picked up along the way was what I sort of applied. Yeah. Um, but I actually wasn't that worried about it, to be honest. You know, that like most of us and and um, and, I, and I was probably and so interestingly enough, in the probably in the twelve months or two years leading up to to. Um, to getting sick, I would have gone. That was my most ill-disciplined period. That was my busiest period. That was lifestyle toy, lifestyle around constant travel, yeah. too much alcohol, too much, too much food, yeah, yeah, all yeah. those things. 
Um, and I would, as I sort of said earlier, I would occasionally go, oh, I've got to break that and, you know, get healthy for, and yeah, 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 you know, start yeah. to eat a little bit more healthy. But I wasn't... So the things that I knew... So, so I was aware of, you know, what I was saying earlier around... I would always do incidental exercise. Yes, I yeah, would always... Yeah. I would rarely... But not, I, nothing dead on, like, if I do this and no, get this out, not I'll at all. be physically healthy. No, no, not at all. What I look at is, I look at, I go, my kid starts PE in year four, yeah. predominantly in year four. They do a bit in year three. Yeah. And he spits out at year 12 in the end. Yeah. When he spits out, it's going to be horrendous. Yeah. But he's not... If he goes through the system he's got right now, yeah. this is how I'm going to grow our company. Yeah. If he goes through the system he's got right now, he will not have specific knowledge, yeah. just like you and I didn't have no. specific knowledge growing up from school life. So my goal is to lead them through a funnel yeah. to spit out yeah. dead on. This is the outcome so it's you that, need. It's that core foundation yeah. skill it's, again. Yeah, 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 but it's it's something that right now no one in the physical health and yeah. so I ask, I'm curious like you. I go, where does the knowledge come from that makes our syllabus? Yeah. Barry is a great guy, really nice guy, and but he's like most everybody else. We just don't know the link between our physical activity levels and the exact steps, not some general advice or general idea, the exact steps on how to protect your own health destiny. And sadly, that has impacted his physical health, and we hope He's a very, very strong man, and we, we pray that he is going to be all right as he gets guided through this chemotherapy. Let me go to my third and final example, my own son's health destiny. My father died aged 46. If you listen to any of my material, you already know that, but I was 22 years of age at the time, and he died from a sudden and unexpected heart attack. My grandfather, his father, died from age 58 when I was just five years old from a sudden heart attack way back in 1971. Both of these men had never, my father and grandfather had never heard the phrase health destiny. They had no clue and certainly no exact steps on how to use physical activity to protect their health destiny. The schools we teach in and send our children to on a global basis, I found out, have zero education programs aimed at protecting a child's health destiny. There's just none, they don't exist. The subject of health and physical education in schools has hardly changed since myself and Barry went to school. We actually went to the same high school, although he was about five years ahead of me in Bega. Whatever changes have been made, they have all hardly, and I would argue, had zero impact on the health destiny of school-aged children. How many school-aged children or young adults who have left school in the past decade and are still under the age of 30 could answer the question of this. What are the exact steps I can do to protect my future physical health, my health destiny, using physical activity as my main weapon? Even more specific, how does physical activity actually protect me? What changes can I produce inside my body, then measure and track, we call it feedback, to make certain I'm actually protecting myself? If you can bring me one, just one person who can achieve this and answer those two questions, I'll be amazed. My son, who is 10 years old at the time of this episode, he has a health destiny. If I leave it up to the current school system, he is way more likely to end up in the same as his grandfather and great-grandfather whom he never met. 
that at any point in history, your personal health destiny will either rip your best life away from you or will protect your best life. But right now, the health destiny of my 10-year-old son and school-aged children has not been written, but it will be. I've spent the past 10 years of my life interviewing PhDs and medical experts. And I have been finding out answers to the question of how do we protect the health destiny of school-aged children, kids like my son, so they do not grow into my father and grandfather and great-grandfather, his great-grandfather and great-grandfather. The My Child's Healthy Life project that I've created is not just so I can sell you or our PE teachers or our schools some education tools. I believe that I've been called to serve to contribute on a global scale using the internet in order to collectively alter the health destiny of millions of school-aged children. It is not something that can be achieved by one single person or organization. I so much want you to join me for the benefit of your own child and the children that you might teach. To finish off this episode and give you a glimpse into the Expert Secrets Roadmap and the frameworks, come and listen to a few minutes of one of my interviews with one of my experts, Dr. Barry A. Franklin, a cardiologist and medical research professor from Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan in the USA. Go and look up his credentials on Google, Dr. Barry A. Franklin, Wayne State University. He is a bona fide real world expert. I asked him a question about what is the number one influence over our physical health, something that is more important than all of the typical education that we've been exposed to thus far. Listen to his answer and listen to what he talks about when he refers to a medical term called cardiorespiratory fitness score. I've changed that term to something called active heart fitness score. And when you delve into the Expert Secrets Roadmap, either the book or the online course or any of our workbooks, you'll find out what that means in detail. But listen to Dr. Franklin and what he says is the number one researched influence over our physical health outcomes. Enjoy your week. Enjoy Dr. Franklin and I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Okay, so, so I, I can I can speak fairly rapidly right. uh, and, and address your questions. The, right. the, the first two that you had yeah. are, um, is, is fitness more critical than some of the traditional bio risk, biomarkers for health? Yeah. And if one does improve their uh, cardiorespiratory fitness score, will that have a positive impact on other chronic conditions? Is this a fair educational statement? Yeah. Let me give you my answer to that. Number, number one, uh, the background for cardiorespiratory fitness is what we call peak METs or metabolic equivalents. Yep. As we're on the phone this morning, you and I are both at one MET, which means we're consuming one unit of oxygen. Uh, we can measure energy expenditure in terms of METs. So if someone is at 10 METs, it means they're taking in 10 times the energy expenditure at rest. Now, now to your point, it, it, Peak METs is, in fact, more critical than many traditional biomarkers for health. Yes, it beats traditional risk factors. That is obesity, 
diabetes, hypertension, and high cholesterol as a prognostic indicator. Uh, the original study, one of the original studies that showed that was a, a friend of mine, Dr. John Myers, a, a VA in Palo Alto, California. Oh, I've been there. Where he, yeah, he published that in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2002. Yep. So, yes, peak meds, cardiorespiratory fitness does beat traditional risk factors. Now, moving on to your question, uh, the fact of the matter is increased physical activity and or increased cardiorespiratory fitness unequivocally reduce the risk for chronic disease. Uh, a classic study uh, that I oftentimes cite in my presentations was done at the Cooper Clinic in Dallas, Texas. Yes. They looked at uh, men. They looked at low-fit men versus high-fit men. It was a six-year follow-up. What did they find? Relative to low-fit low men had a two-fold, twice the risk for developing impaired fasting glucose over that six-year follow-up period, and a 3.7-fold increased risk for, for developing diabetes compared with the high-fit group. We can do that for almost any chronic condition. So, yes, uh, low-fit people are at higher risk for developing cardiovascular disease and other chronic diseases. Three other key points on this first question. Each one met increase, Shane, in, in METs yep. decreases mortality on average by 16%. Wow. So each one met increase in fitness expressed as METs decreases the mortality by about 16%. Second major point here is that at any given risk factor profile, being unfit increases the risk of death two to threefold in every follow-up study to date. Once again, at any given risk factor profile, I take two guys the same age, both have high cholesterol. That's the only thing they have. Yep. The unfit person is two to three times more likely to die of cardiovascular disease uh, in follow-up. And lastly, a very hot area right now is coronary calcium. Yeah. The higher your coronary calcium, the, the evidence indicates that you're developing what's called early cardiovascular disease. And a new study that came out from the Cleveland Clinic showed, or from the Cooper Clinic, yep. showed that being fit decreased the risk of cardiac events and mortality at any given coronary calcium level. Wow. Once again, being fit decreased the risk of cardiac events and mortality at any given coronary calcium level. So I think that adequately addresses the first two yeah. points you sent me.